This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. I thought his behavior was a bit off. So there was just a few things and I didn't actually find out until she messaged me. She said she was in a relationship with my husband, that they'd lived together, they'd holiday together, and I was in shock. Seriously, I have a hard enough time keeping up with one life. Imagine juggling two. Hey, what's up? It's Abby from The Breakup Breakdown. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. If you're new here, this is the podcast that investigates those breakups you want to know more about, like maybe those people you follow on Instagram that all of a sudden deleted their engagement photos out of nowhere and you get kind of nosy, or maybe it's something you saw on TikTok you wanted more details on, or it could even be your own breakup story. Whatever it is, we love hearing the details and getting some good lessons along the way. As always, if you've got a suggestion for the podcast, head down to the episode description. You'll find a submission form link there. And while you're down there, check out details for the Breakup Breakdown podcast on September 23rd in Atlanta and stay tuned for some more discount details. And as always, if you want to jump to a certain part of the interview, head to the episode description for timestamps. Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another episode of The Breakup Breakdown. This week, I have a video from TikTok that you have been tagging me in like crazy. It's this woman talking about how she caught her husband cheating on her for a second time. He said he was at work, but really, he was in a completely different town. Before we get into that, as always, we give a shout out to a different domestic violence shelter throughout the country just to raise awareness. This week, we're highlighting Safe Horizon in Manhattan. If you feel called to donate your time, money, resources, or energy, head to the episode description for more information on the organization. Also, another reminder that the Breakup Breakdown Brunch is less than a month away. I am so excited slash freaking out slash so excited. And I've actually got a fun little treat for you. If you purchase your ticket to go to the Breakup Breakdown Brunch within the next 24 hours of this episode getting posted. So basically by August 30th, yeah, August 30th, if you use the code HOTGOSS10, you will get 10% off your ticket. Tickets are $50 and it includes a brunch and then also your ticket for the live podcast where special guests will be there. And we're just going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a great time. Okay, so getting into this week's submission. I got tagged in this chick's video on TikTok. And you know I love a visual with my submissions. I love seeing people put the hot gas out there. And then I feel really privileged when we get like the full story. So she posted this video and she was like, you guys, I'm free to finally talk about my divorce because my settlement is coming to an end and I'm ready to put my husband on blast. 
So the last time that my ex had ever cheated on me, it was after he'd already cheated on me. He'd come back begging, like, I love you, please be with me. And I gave him another chance, stupidly. But after his initial affair with this woman, this happened like eight months later. But one night he was being really weird. Like, he wouldn't answer my phone calls. He wouldn't answer my messages. He kept saying he was going in and out of range. By this point, I'd already been cheated on. So I was super suspicious of him. Anyway, after a few hours of this, me trying to call him, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'll call you later. I'll call back. I'll call back. I'm like, you need to call me now. You need to message me now. And he's still not responding to me. And the idiot, this is how stupid he is. So we're a family, right? So we have all of our iPhones, all of our um, technology set up to the Find My iPhone system, like the family one. And I don't usually check it because I'm way too traumatized. <laughs> on this night, I'm like, no, I need answers. Like something is not right. So I jump on Find My iPhone. He's away for work, right? So he's meant to be on site on his campsite. He's not on his campsite. He's in this little small country town that is a couple of hours away from his campsite. There is no reason that he should be in this small country town. There is nothing there. There's like a pub and there is his mistress's house. <laughs> Literally, Miss freaking Nancy Drew tracked down that her husband was at his mistress house and basically was like, I need to get answers on what's going on with my husband. Is he leaving me for this woman? How long has this been going on? Why is this happening a second time? I thought we were done the first time. There was just so much to unpack. So of course, you know, I had to call her up and she decided to come on the podcast and break down this week's breakup. Okay, so this should have been my first <laughs> red flag. So I actually met him at a strip club. Shut <laughs> up. No, you didn't. I did. So I was on a girls' night out. And we're like, oh my goodness, we want to go out. We want to see the girlies. So we just, we were super drunk. It was, there was nowhere else to go at that time of night. So we just headed into the strip club and I met him there. He was just hassling me a bit, but like in a cute way, like he was super charismatic. And he was just sitting there. I remember I was drawn to him because he wasn't drinking um, he wasn't really looking at any of the girls. He was just minding his own business, having a red ball. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's such a green flag. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> he there with like a group of guys? Is he by himself? What's the vibe? Yeah, so he was with a couple of friends and his okay. friend was super weird, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but um, he just was kind of hassling me and I was speaking to him and I was kind of brushing him off. And then we connected because we realized that our birthdays were the same day. So I was like, oh, it's a sign. <laughs> so we started chatting and he obviously got my phone number. He hassled me for weeks and weeks. I finally decided to go to his house and then I never left. We were just inseparable ever since. So that was really cute. And that's also why it was such a shock to me when everything went down because I was like, I'm your one true love. <laughs> what were some of the things that you really liked about him? I mean, if you just went to his house and then never left, like what, tell me about what it was like hanging out with him. So he was just sort of really confident and unapologetically himself. So when he, he lived in an apartment complex, so he had to come down and get me. And I remember he was wearing like short shorts and just some random shirt and socks and slides. And I was just like, you would think that a man, if he's got a girl coming over that he's interested in, he might actually, you know, like go to an effort. Maybe he would be nervous. And he wasn't. He just came down and got me wearing Ray-Bans and these short shorts. He's like, how are you going? I'm just like, and then we just watched the cricket. And we just spoke and I'm an introvert. So it's like someone really has to lead the conversation with me. And he did that. And I just felt so safe and so comfortable right off the bat. And I was just drawn to him. So he's an Aries, I'm an Aries. And I just find like I really connect with Aries men. Yeah, he was funny and charismatic. And he's just, he was really unique in the way that I'd never met anyone like him before. So I was like, oh, this is a good one. And yeah. for a really long time, he was a good one. But yeah, I guess years and years go by and they just want to test the waters elsewhere and I guess he did that yeah well I mean I can see from your perspective this probably feels very kismet like you have the same birthday and 
and you have like the same astrology sign. Like I can see where this is going and he sounds lovely, but obviously we're here because things go wrong. So I found out from your TikTok that he cheated on you. So talk to me about kind of like where that all begins. Were you catching vibes that something was going on? Did this happen multiple times? During lockdown, he got stuck and he couldn't fly home. So he kind of had two options. He could stay there and keep his job or he could fly back and have no no certainty around if he could get another job. So him and I made the decision, like it was logical that he stay up there. So I think he was up there for like, it would have had to have been like seven months. So we were kind of doing the long distance thing. And I've realized recently, like men cannot be without women. Like I think he got super lonely. And so he confided in a woman from work and I didn't know this. So I wasn't aware of this. And the reason I guess I didn't, I, I didn't find out until he'd gotten back, which was seven months later. So I thought his behavior was a bit off, but I just, you know, brushed it off as he's at work and he's working and his excuse would always be, I'm out of range. And he would always have to go out the front of the house to call me. So a a few things kind of, they didn't make sense, but I just, I was like, no, I'm just anxious. I haven't seen you in a while. I'm super insecure because I am prone to insecurity. So I fully blame myself and he allowed me to. Then he got home. He was just acting so strange. Like he's always been super open. His, his phone's always been inside. And then all of a sudden I would never see the phone. He would take really long toilet breaks. He'd always be on the phone when he left the house. Like I would call him and his phone would always be in. It's like, who are you talking to? Like, who are you talking to at random times of night? So there was just a few things. And I didn't actually find out until she messaged me. And she told me that she'd been having an affair with my husband. And I was in shock. I was in absolute shock. What did the message say? Like, was she that upfront with it? We're just kind of like, yeah, we, by the way, like we've been banging. How did she approach that? <laughs> in hindsight, I think the message was a bit manipulative. I think it was designed to hurt me because she went into like excruciating detail about their relationship. She wasn't just like, hey, I've been sleeping with your husband. You know, <laughs> I was like... That would have been enough. That would have been enough for me. No, she's, she said she was in a relationship with my husband, that they'd lived together, they'd holidayed together. It wasn't just physical. We fell in love. We made plans for our future. I was like, I do not need to know this. <laughs> Please stop. So it was a paragraph. It was like one of those messages you have to click on. So it comes up like in notes form. I was just like, oh my God, like, I don't need to know the ins and outs of your relationship. Like I'm sleeping with your husband would have sufficed. <laughs> um, well, also like, why is she giving you all these details? Because is she trying to get you to break up with him? Like, these are all things that she needs to be conveying to your husband. Yes. Is he your husband at the time, by the way, when this is happening? Or is he still? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He was my husband at the time. From what he told me, and I do believe him, is that she kind of gave him an ultimatum. Either you leave your wife or I'm going to tell her. And he was like, I'm not leaving my family. I'm not going to leave my wife. Which is strange because why, <laughs> like, why would you have an affair if you're not going to leave me? But anyway... Um, so they had a huge fight. Apparently he's like, I'm not leaving my wife. I can't do it. And she was like, well, I'm going to tell her. So she told me, but she fully, she, she tried to make me think that she was doing it as a service to me. She's like, she, she, um, was like, I'm not a homewrecker. I didn't know he was married. I know that she knew he was married because she works in the HR department and she's the one that 
that onboarded him to the company, she knew his marital status because I was his emergency contact. She knew his bank details, which was our joint bank account. So there was not, not no, no. She knew that we were together. And the reason that I know that she didn't feel sorry for me is because she like specifically waited until my birthday to contact me. It was my no. birthday. She's like, really? Like you've known about this for months and months and months, but you choose my birthday. And apparently it's because she was kind of getting a bit annoyed that he'd come home and he was making this big fuss about my birthday. And she was like, not happy about it because he was her boyfriend. Kind of weird vibes from your husband to be telling his mistress about all the plans that he's doing for your birthday. Like, oh yeah, we're going to have dinner at this place and dinner at this place. All right, now let's bang. It's so bizarre. I do not, I don't understand how men work. I just, it's not that they're wired different, differently. I just don't think they're wired at all. I just don't, I just think something is just terribly wrong with men. I don't, I, yeah, that I found that to be incredibly strange that she was privy to all that information that she knew that when my birthday was like, so how do you handle this with your husband? Like, I'm assuming you get this message. It ruins your birthday. Do you call him up? Do you storm him at work? What happens? So he was home at this point when I found out. So he was, he was here. And I remember I got the feeling that he'd known that this was coming, that he had, because they'd been in talks a week and she was getting angry. She's like, you need to tell her, you need to tell her. And he had chosen not to because he's a coward. It's like I would have preferred if it came from him. So this all comes out, I get this message, and I was like, I'm a super sensitive person. I'm not confrontational. I don't get angry. I just get really upset. So I was just like, you cheated on me? And he's like, I'm, and he was just sat at the end of the bed. He's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I'll tell you anything that you want to know. I made a huge mistake. And I was just like, I just wanted to know, you know, I just wanted to know if he loved her. I'm like, do you love her? Do you want to be with her? Because if he did, I'd be like, go get your girl. Like, just go. <laughs> but he's like, no, absolutely not. I don't love her. I don't want to be with her. I've been trying to get away from her. So I was like, okay, like we need to be you know, we need to be solid. We need to be united front. Like, I'm not going to give this person anything. I'm not, I'm just going to tell her, thank you for letting me know. And then you and I can hopefully move forward. And then this woman, cause I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I'm not interested. I believe you, but I don't want to know anything else. I don't need to know about your love affair. <laughs> the internet <laughs> the love affair. Like just stop, just stop right there. And then she proceeds to message me. I counted 13 different numbers. Just telling me more details, more details, more details. I'm like, you're a crazy person. Where are you getting all these phone numbers from? She's like, oh, it's my work computer. I'm like, why are you talking to your <laughs> to your your boyfriend's wife on your work computer? And that's 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 another thing. The the way that she got my phone number because she works in the HR department is from the files in the HR department. She got his emergency contact to contact me. You're kidding. I know. What are these details that she's telling you? Is it just how much like they love each other? Like, what is she going into detail on? Just the ins and outs of their relationship, how serious it was, that it wasn't a fling, that it was um, their intention was to be together, that they lived together. When he said, well, I only stayed at her house occasionally, but she was under the impression. I get the feeling that he manipulated her in some way to think, that they were boyfriend and girlfriend because she thought that they were. And that's the way that she spoke to me was as if they were going to move in together. He was going to leave me. Absolutely ridiculous. 
And uh, the one that got me the most is that it wasn't just sexual. We fell in love because it's like, firstly, speak for yourself. <laughs> like, don't speak for him. And I just didn't need to know that. I didn't want to know that. And it was hurtful. And I don't think that she cared that it was hurtful. I think that she just wanted to, I don't know, seek revenge or retribution in some way. So that upset me because it's like, don't, if you're going to do that, like just be upfront about it. Just be upfront. Don't be manipulative. Don't be sly. Don't act like you care about me because you don't care about me. So, yeah. So it almost, I mean, from everything you've told me, it kind of sounds like she wanted to really hit it, hit you where it hurts. Like the fact that she went to the file and obviously, well, I mean, he told her it was your birthday. So it seems a little intentional from what I'm gathering. Does he break things off with her? Does it continue? How does he handle it? He breaks things off with her on that night. He says, I don't want to speak to you anymore. You're spiteful. You like my wife didn't need this. You really, you really upset her. And on her birthday, he was, he was furious with her. So he blocked her. And that's all that, that's all that I knew from then. I was like, well, he's not going to go back to her. Like I gave him the option. I gave him the option of being with her if he wanted to be. So would you not leave? I was like, surely he won't cheat on me again. Surely he's had a wake up call. Like maybe it was just one of those, you know, I've been with you for a long time. Like maybe he was vulnerable. I was just trying to make excuses for him. I was trying to rationalize it in my head. And I just thought, no, he would never, ever do it again. How long had you guys been together at this point? Years and years and years. Like, like, a, like a decade? Yeah, yeah, almost. Oh, damn. Okay. So like a very extended period of time. A very extended period of time. So we were we were on, on and off at times because he had some issues. Nothing to do with infidelity. He just had some like substance abuse issues. So that kind of drew, drew us apart at times. But for the most part, yeah, I met him 10 years ago. Yeah. So it was significant. And we were married, obviously. So he breaks things off with her. And is that the last you kind of hear about infidelity and there's a happy ending and you guys are still married today? Or what happens next? <laughs> so what happens next is he starts acting strange again. Of course, this is, this is months and months later. This is seven months later. And I thought we'd been working on our marriage. Apparently not. So in December of the, was it the, of that year, not even the following year, that year, he's acting strange. And I just think that he's at work, but I don't know, I, I guess when you're cheated on, you become a little bit more insecure and reactive. So he was going in and out of range. I was like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but I have to do this. So all of our phones are, are hooked up to the Find My iPhone system. And that was one of the um, rules if you want to stay with me. Like you need to always have your location on. So just, I'm not going to check it, but just for that comfortability. And so I looked at it that evening and he's meant to be on site, right? They're not meant to leave their campsite. And I see him slowly making the journey from his campsite to her hometown, which is a couple of hours away. And I was just kept looking at and looking at it. I'm looking at him driving. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything yet. I'm not going to say anything yet. I'm like, maybe he'll take a detour. Maybe he's not going there. <laughs> he was going there. Yeah. So it popped up. But So I, I waited an hour or so. And then it popped up that he was in this, this little town. So I immediately, I was like, I can't hold it anymore. I have to tell him, I'm like, I know where you are. Like, I have your location. Are you with her? He's like, no, 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 absolutely not. You're so insecure. You've got me under surveillance. <laughs> He's just fully turning it back on me. He's, I'm calling him. I'm calling him. I'm calling him. He's like, I'm just picking up parts. I'm just working. How dare you do this when I'm working? And I just started to feel really bad. I'm like, maybe he's telling the truth. <laughs> he wasn't telling the truth. No, he was there. He was there. 
I got this address. So it said that he was at address. He turned his Fido's iPhone off, obviously, because I revealed my secrets, which, I, which you should never do. <laughs> do you not ever show your cards? So I told him, I know where you are. He, his phone goes off. And I have her number from the last time that she contacted me because I saved it. And so I'm calling her. Well, no, my friend's calling her. I'm calling him at the same time. His phone goes off. Her phone goes off. I'm like, that's too, no. No, they're there together. So then I get this address and I don't know her address though. I have a phone number, but I don't know her address. So I get this address up and I'm like, I need not, I need to know. I need to visually see evidence or else I'm, he's never going to tell me like ever. He would, he's a coward. So I get this address up. I jump on Google. I type this address. I find the house on realestate.com. So on realestate.com, it shows the front of the house and it shows the inside of the house from the last time the house was sold. I screenshot all these photos and then I jump on Google and then I get the street view and then I go down the street and I take pictures of all the surrounding houses. I know it's crazy. Oh, I, love, and, I, love, I love this because this is the kind of, like when God gave women psycho behavior, this is exactly what he intended it for. And I love this. Absolutely. <laughs> this is for good, not evil. So I get all these screenshots and I know her name obviously so I don't even have Instagram so I was limited to what I could see so I only had I want to say like 10 images to cross-reference which was annoying but you know desperate times so I jump on this her Instagram and I just start screenshotting um, images of her in her house images of her behind her house and then I start to compare the screenshots and I'm looking for distinctive features of the home that align with the pictures in her Instagram photos. And immediately straight off the bat, I find some really striking similarities. And so the wallpaper's the same. It's got a chimney. It's got a fireplace that is the same. The flooring's the same. And there were several things that were the same. And I just convinced myself. <laughs> so I messaged him in in the morning and I was like, I know you were there. I have these screenshots. I sent him a couple of those screenshots of the fireplace and he's like, no, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I make you feel this way. Um, this is my fault. And just completely apologizing. I sent him this picture of the fireplace. He's like, it's not the fireplace. Like, I'm sorry that I make you so crazy. <laughs> he was fully gaslighting me. He made me think that I was crazy. And he's like, it's a different fireplace because the flange is different. And heaps of people have that wallpaper. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because I wanted to believe him. So I delete, I go ahead and I delete all these screenshots and I'm like, yep. It's just a trigger response. He would never lie to me again. He wasn't there. Just fully convinced myself that he wasn't there. And he convinced me. He was the king of gaslighting. So anyway, a few more months go by and I still, you know, like I want to believe him, but I'm still suspicious. So I have this intuition just one night just randomly to look back into this whole thing. A bit of time has gone by. Like I said, I can only look at 10 or so images because um, I don't have Instagram. So I get these new images, her most recent images, and she's got this one specific image where her grandma sat at the front and there's this kind of table setting and then there's this trellis, this really distinct trellis. And it's, I looked at all the houses around, no one else has this trellis. So it's very distinctive. And I go, I remember that. I remember that trellis. So I immediately jump back on street view and it's the same trellis. It's the same side gate. It's the same table setting. I'm like, I've got you. There is no getting out of it this time. I'm just like, what do I do? Do I confront this man? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's just going to gaslight me. So I 
I go, oh, should I message her? And I ummed and art about it for, I want to say like a week. I was like, should I, shouldn't I? She's just going to lie to me. Because I messaged her on that night. I said, have you been with so-and-so? And she's like, absolutely not. Leave me alone. I haven't spoke to him in months. I'm like, okay. She wouldn't lie because she's told me before. She's not a homewrecker. She's not a homewrecker. So well, she, So she's going to tell me the truth. She didn't tell me the truth. So on that night, I messaged her and I'm like, look, I don't have any ill feelings towards you. Like if he's gone and done this again, it's, it's genuinely, it's not a you problem. It's a him problem. So, but I would like the truth. I have evidence and just please do not lie to me. Just, this is for my own self-preservation. I need you to tell me the truth. Were you with him that December night? And she gets back to me almost immediately. And she's like, yes, I was. I was just like, oh my goodness. I was right the entire time. I like these dirty, dirty dogs. They fully lied to me. They fully got one over me for months and months and months. And I was just, I just remember just being in complete shock. Like the audacity to do that again and then lie to me when I have evidence. Lie to me when I know where you are. <laughs> I Yeah, it was just, it was, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Well, I know you said you aren't like a super angry person, but I can imagine the second time would almost hurt worse because it's been dragging on for this long. Like you were hanging on to that for about a good week where you're like, what do I even want to do with this information? So the second time you get this information, how do you respond and do you confront your ex-husband or do you send him like divorce papers? So he was home at the time. I was just being, I'm usually pretty happy-go-lucky and I was just being super quiet. And I knew that I didn't want to confront him because I didn't, I knew what I knew. And I was afraid that he would be able to manipulate me because he's really good at gaslighting me. And I have very low self-esteem and it's quite easy for him to talk me out of things. So I was like, I'm not going to confront him. So that night I was just super quiet and um, I just went to bed and I remember staring like him next to me and we were, we were going to sleep and he kept asking me, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, nothing. Like I just have a stomach ache. And I remember going to bed that night and I was just like, I had to hold my head over my mouth. I was just staring to me. I was like, like trying to silently cry. And just tears were streaming down my face. And I was just like, at that point, I felt I was so done with him that it was scary, you know, that realization that you can't be with this person anymore. Like that, that was the worst thing for me was my entire life's going to change. You know, like we own a home together. We've been together X amount of years. Um, we've built a life together and I'm going to lose, you know, what we have, what we've built together. So that was my biggest concern. It wasn't so much um, losing him. It was my life and how much it was going to change. So I didn't confront him and I wasn't going to, I had no intention to, but in the morning he just kept coming at me. He's like, what do you know? Like fully, he had a guilty conscience. He knew, obviously she told him I've spoken to your wife. I, yeah. So he just fully, I'm just like, at the end of it, I was just so tired of being poked and prone. I'm just like, I know everything and you know that I know. And he was furious. He's like, who you spoken to, who told you, and then he just, obviously, he just starts fully incriminating himself. All I know is that he slept with her on that one occasion in December. No, he comes out with, they've been in contact for months and months and months. Phone calls, text messages. Um, he'd booked a flight to go and see her within the next couple of weeks and he ended up cancelling it. And before I knew, so he'd just done the whole thing again. And when it came, when it came time to leave me, he was like, no, I can't. <laughs> so she was angry again. So obviously she's told me everything. But she's only told me about one instance where they slept together, which was that night in December. That's all that I knew. And he starts incriminating himself. He's like, we slept together twice. 
Um, and one was was only just recently, like it was in the last couple of weeks, like she'd driven past his work and slept with him at work. And I was just like, <gasps> like at the or like in that, I kind of want the dirty details, like in his car, like where? where? Um, so they have on a mine site, everyone's so confused about this term, but like, what's a dunga? I feel, feel like it's very Australian. Yeah. Very Australian. We don't, I don't think we have, like mining's not like a major known profession here. So I'm very lost. So feel free to explain as much as possible. So a dunga is essentially, it's kind of like, like a little, if you think of a porta potty, mm. it's like, it's like that in a bedroom type version in the middle of nowhere. So it's pretty small. I think it's probably the same size as your average generic bathroom. So it's quite small and it's a single bed and it's got really ugly bedding and it's just like a little, it's very dingy and they're, they're very widely known as just being gross and the miners hate staying in them. And that was just like, so she's, she's driven past and she's come to you in this dirty, filthy, tiny little space and slept with you in a single bed. Um, I was like, there's no way they slept in the bed. So my mind <laughs> goes everywhere. Like, was it in the shower? Like, are they doing some kinky shit? <laughs> so that's what made it work. I'm just like, I just thought it was so, it was so dirty. It was so, and that, I think that's what made it worse is that it was, it was just, I found it to be there. She knew, now knew about me, whether the first time I know that she knew, but whether she says that she knew or didn't, I knew that she knew about me this time. And she'd spoken to me and she knew um, the devastation it caused because it was on my birthday. And he confronted her and he's like, you've absolutely devastated her. She's very fragile. You know, like she's highly sensitive and you've just fully broken her heart and you're super angry with her. So she knew that she'd hurt me, yet she willingly went and did that again. And so did he. So I just, I think they're both as bad as each other, to be honest, because yeah, it just, I was just, I'm still in shock, as you can see. I just can't make sense of it. And then when it came time to, so he's booked this flight to go and see her. He's called her out of the blue, apparently telling her, oh, I think I love you. I think I want to be with you. <laughs> and then when it's come time for her to be like, yeah, come, absolutely come. We'll be together. He's gone, oh, wait, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so he's cancelled the flight. He's like, I want to, and then when I confronted him, I'm like, okay, this time, do you want to be with her? He's like, no, I want to be with you. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted his cake, you know? So now that you are divorced to him, has he gone off to be with her? No, that was the thing. She absolutely wasn't his type. That's that's another thing. When I saw her, I was very confused because she wasn't a very attractive person. I don't know what her personality was like. I only know about my interactions with her. She didn't seem to be a very nice person. She was obviously quite spiteful and vindictive. So, and she wasn't his type at all. So I kept saying to him, I'm like, if you were single and you could have your pick of anyone, would you choose her? And he, he said, no, absolutely not. So I'm like, what is, why are you so drawn to this person? What is it? Like, what is it about this person? And he's like, she just makes me feel comfortable. Like she's so far beneath me that she makes me feel like a king and you don't. I was like, the first thing that's your side chick and this is how you speak of her. So, so yeah. basically he admitted that he was intimidated by how, which you are beautiful, very charismatic. And you obviously called out a lot of insecurity in him. And instead of just like, I don't know, manning up, he decided he wanted to bang some girl who he's labeling as less than him. That is, ugh, that is, that is such a red flag. 
such a red flag and he would be like, um, I hate men that rate women on a one to 10 scale, but he would like, he's like, I was sleeping with a five because it made me feel like a 10. And he's like, I don't feel that way when I'm with a 10. <laughs> You've been listening to way too many Andrew Tate podcasts. Firstly. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, that's just, that was another turn off. That was so, that was so foul that, and he'd always kind of been that way. Um, I guess he was in, intimidated, but I never felt that way towards him. I always thought that he was above me. He was super charismatic. He's the kind of person that he, um, he dominates a room when he walks in. And I always admired that in him. And I'm a bit more reserved. Like I know I don't seem like it on TikTok, but in social events, I kind of fade into the background and I'm not very confident. So I, I always admired that in him, but he apparently felt super intimidated by me. And I do remember in hindsight, some instances where we would go to weddings together or social events and people would be giving him a compliment. They'd be like, oh my God, your wife's amazing. She's so stunning. How did you, how did you pull her? Like how did, you were so punching. And he would, rather than be like, yeah, no, and take that as a compliment, he would always be like, what do you mean? Mm. Like, what do you mean I wouldn't get her? Like, of course I would get her. And he would speak about it all night and be just incredibly offended. He's like, that's rude. That's rude. I'm like, he's just, they're just giving you a compliment. Mm. Like I'm a reflection of you and they're complimenting, but he hated that. He absolutely hated that. So I think he wanted a less attractive woman so he could feel like in control and powerful and like he was the attractive one and that people would wonder how she got him and yeah I think it was very I don't think that he was interested in what he could do for her or what their relationship could be like I think he was very much only interested on in what she could do for him and how she made him feel which is the hallmarks of a toxic (laughs) relationship that is never going to work so I think that's why he would never consider leaving me because I guess he that's what he thought he wanted but he still wanted bragging rights that I have this this beautiful trophy wife essentially which I never thought that I was but clearly he thought thought that way because yeah and I don't yeah I don't think that way I don't think that way I always thought that he was better than me and I thought that you know I've got this wonderful man he's really attractive and it just it's kind of concerning that that's the way that he would think I there's nothing that I did or could have done that made him that would make him feel that way I just think that he's deeply insecure and he just needs constant validation and I think when you have a dynamic where you're equals I don't think he was comfortable with that I think he wanted the dynamic of he was the masculine one he was the powerful one he didn't want a woman that he was his equal or was above him he wanted to date down so I think that's why he was drawn to her in the end yeah I 100% agree with that it seems like textbook self-sabotaging behavior where instead of realizing like wow I must be really great because I have a great wife he saw you as a threat to his own masculinity his own self did you ever convey that to him like I feel like that would be very powerful coming from you to be like why don't you talk to a professional about your self-esteem issues so I addressed that with him I read read him this whole long paragraph because I'm studying psychology right and um I just did a deep dive into the psychology behind what he was doing and you know what he was actually really great he was really self-aware and he's like yeah to be honest like I do I identify with everything that you're saying yes but I just think at that age he's 35 I don't think he's going to change so he tried the therapy thing and I just think I just when I would approach him it just got to the point like because I'm the kind of person because of my psychology background I want to unpack everything I, I want to understand why you did this I want you to understand why you did this that's the only way that I can move forward 
is if you understand your behavior, if it's not going to happen again, because until you understand yourself and your triggers, the the behavior, the maladaptive behavior, it's just going to continue, which it obviously is. And he just got to the point, he's like, I don't want to be with a psychologist. He's like, I don't want to unpack everything. I don't, he's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to be, because he didn't want someone that saw him. He didn't, he didn't like it. He didn't like it. It's just that intimidation thing again. Yeah. He didn't want somebody to make him better. He just wanted to feel comfortable and empowered for who he already was. But instead of doing that in a healthy way, he decided to just surround himself with people that he saw as less than, which is not, it's it's horrible. It's not healthy in any way. Well, I'm glad I had no idea you were studying psychology. Let's unpack this together. What have you unpacked from this? from your own trauma from this experience? Like, what have you learned about yourself from it? Uh, so I am a fixer. I I just thought that I could fix him. I have incredibly low self-esteem. I don't know where that comes from. I have an anxious attachment style and I was highly de- like codependent on this man. Obviously not codependent. I was emotionally dependent on this man. Um, so I stayed a lot longer than I should have. And I feel like that's what was modeled to me as a child because my parents were in an incredibly loveless relationship and they just continued on so that's I never had a healthy love model to me so when I got in that kind of dynamic as an adult that was just my normal right I didn't identify that that was um that that was toxic or that staying in in a marriage that has all these difficulties or this tox tox toxicity like that was just my normal I didn't identify that that's something that you would leave from because I had parents that just stayed and slept in separate bedrooms and just made it work. So that was just, that was really my my attitude is like, okay, well, let's make this work. And I just stayed a lot longer than I should have because my self-esteem issues. Yeah, I just, I was willing to put up with anything from that man because I just convinced myself that no one else would ever, would ever love me and I would never find anyone else. And I just, um, like you said before, like the astrology stuff, um, all the similarities, I was just completely convinced that I would never find that in anyone else. Mm-hmm. So I just decided that I was I was going to stay and just and just keep on keeping on. And obviously that wasn't the right decision. I should have left the first time. I think I just have this this thing where I see the good in people to my own detriment because I want to fix them and I want to help them. And I think that's why I want to be a psychologist because you, you do, you want to help people. And I just thought that he was broken and because he used to be an addict and I thought, well, this is another addict behavior and you can't leave someone over mental health. That's just what I kept thinking. Like why I can't abandon him. So I think that's a huge lesson to me is to protect yourself and know your worth and don't, you know, like essentially I, I love this saying is like, don't set yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. And that's what I did. That's what I did for a really long time. So I have actually learned a lot from the situation and that um, I was having a conversation with my friend the other night and I'd been getting really down because I was like, well, I really want to be in a relationship and I'm scared and I just feel like no one's going to want to be with me because I have all this baggage now and they're just going to think I'm highly insecure and anxious and not to mention I've posted this TikTok that 5 million people have seen my trauma and they're just going to be like, oh, wow, you know, like I can't, I can't really stuff with her or she's just going to shame me to millions of people. Um, and my friend, she was so great. She's just like, we don't need men. Women don't need men. And that just changed my entire perspective on the situation because I was so concerned. And I stayed in that relationship longer than I should have because I was so concerned that I'd never find anyone else. And I never realized I don't need anyone else. Like I'm enough on my own. And it was such a, a mic drop epiphany type moment. Like I don't actually need someone. And when I want someone, I'll find them. I can have someone when I want someone when I'm ready. 
And yeah, that was the biggest thing for me because I had so many, I considered so many times, do I just go back to him? Do I just go back to him? Because he's all that I know and I'll never love again the way that I've loved him, all that dramatic stuff. And yeah, it wasn't too recently, like a couple, a week ago, because I was still in that month, do I go back to him? Because obviously he's still trying to get me back. <laughs> and and still- after the TikToks I posted? Yes. Yeah. He's down bad. Um, so he's still, he's still trying and I... You know, I, was, I felt weak and I was like, do I just go back to this man? We have so much history. Surely he won't do it again. <laughs> That's my mindset. Like, no, he won't do it again. But I was having these thoughts, these really um, negative thoughts around that because I went on a date and I just kept thinking, oh, you're not him. You're not him and I don't like you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it completely changed my mindset around from I need to find someone else to fill his shoes to I can feel issues by myself on my own and I think that's that was my problem for a really long time I feel like that's what came out of this is is I was too busy thinking about you know what a relationship could offer me you know that 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 feeling of of not being alone like being so afraid of my own pain of being alone that really so it was really good for me to realize that I don't actually need anyone and I can just be alone now and I'm really grateful to my friend for that. And I'm really grateful to TikTok because there were so many women um, that came forward and said this happened to me. And I, you know, I've moved on and that wasn't my person. I've now with the love of my life and he treats me with respect. I was like, oh. and so I'm so glad I posted that. I obviously didn't expect for it to go absolutely crazy viral. But <laughs> I was saying my biggest, I had a panic attack that night. So like, oh, he's going to see it. Which he did, and it was like his parents saw it. So I was like, oh, my goodness, the reach this TikTok had. But you know what? I'm not a vengeful person. I can't. I just posted that because um, it was cathartic for me, you know? Like it just felt like I was finally sharing my story, and it, feel like, and it felt like how do I make a huge move that just um, signifies the end of this relationship? And I thought it was that. You know, sharing my story, outing him um, because I didn't really tell anyone when it had happened. I didn't confirm with anyone that he had done that. And I just kept it to myself for a really long time. And I was like, I felt like telling someone. And I thought maybe that'll be a couple of hundred people, maybe a thousand people. I didn't expect it to be millions of people. (laughs) That was kind of it felt like not like revenge but it felt like retribution it felt yeah it felt like retribution what was his response and his family's response to you posting that they only confronted me about it once so his dad messaged me and he's like tiktok question mark and i was just like if he didn't want me to post things about him online then he wouldn't do shitty things i like full stole from taylor swift like if boys don't want me to write songs about them they shouldn't do bad things and they just kind of left it. His parents are great in that way. They were just kind of like, son, you're you're a disappointment. <laughs> Which is great. But he confronted me and he's just like, can you please be mindful about what you put on TikTok? Because it's not just your story. And I was, I guess I was kind of grateful that I didn't get the take it down, take it down. <laughs> That's not because he didn't have a leg to stand on. There was no clapback because it was all true. So that's why there's been there's been no clapback video. There's been no comments from him. It's because he knows that's all true. So there's not really anything he could do. And I just explained to him, I'm like, it's it's my story, you know, and I'm allowed to share it. And I haven't done anything wrong by you. I was very very fair when it come to the came to the divorce. I didn't go and sleep with anyone. I didn't sleep with his best friend. Like a lot of 
And I think it's very, um, you know, unique and 2023 way to get revenge in the modern day. Well, it's sort of like you putting out a press release. Like people know that you were married and now they've seen that you've gone through a divorce and you're just like, listen, people, hear ye, hear ye. This is what went down in my relationship. You didn't lie. You didn't spread any scandalous falsehoods. You're like, look, I was cheated on. This is what happened to me. And it all could have been avoided if I had just dumped his ass the first time it happened. Absolutely. And it didn't, I feel like I didn't mention him um, that much. It was kind of, it was more self-deprecating, I think, in a way, because I knew you know, releasing that, quoting that, that, that I would get that you're crazy, you're a stalker, which those comments were a lot less than people making comments about my eyebrows. <laughs> I feel like my eyebrows. Oh, people were just like, he cheated on those eyebrows. I'd leave those eyebrows too. He divorced the eyebrows. I'm like, Listen, I'm very particular about my eyebrows. You have incredible, they're symmetrical. They're very clean. They're not too dark. You don't have like that Anastasia Beverly Hills look. You have great brows. (laughs) I thought that too. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people were just more concerned about my eyebrows, to be honest. They were the stars of the show. They were paid out. People just love to troll. Like it'll be a thousand great comments and then somebody will be like, your eyebrows are weird. And for some reason that one always hits different and you it's yeah. the one that lingers with you throughout the day and you're like okay well <laughs> thank you i just really because uh, i used to get bullied a lot for my eyebrows in primary school and i just remember being told by a parent that um you know if someone's picking on your eyebrows then that's the least of your worries <laughs> it's not your teeth it's not your nose it's not the way that you look like it's your eyebrows which i was just like yeah is that all that you've got is my eyebrows? And I think they're fabulous. And look, your <laughs> husband told you that he literally cheated on you because you were too hot for him. So Exactly. And he loves my eyebrows. So there we go. Any anything we haven't covered yet? Any like final pieces of advice or just things you want people to know about your experience and what you've kind of learned through this whole thing? I think it's really important to not love someone unconditionally. Like it needs to be conditional. There needs to be conditions. I think there's this romanticized idea that if you love someone, you you love them with all their flaws completely unconditionally. And I, I think we need to move away from that mindset. I think there needs to be conditions. If you cheat on me, if you hurt me, if you make me feel less than you, if you make me question my worth, if you damage my self-confidence, I think those are conditions. And we, I think that, um, yeah, people need to be a bit more aware of that. Don't love someone to your own detriment, like know your worth and walk away when you, you know, when you have that intuition, trust your intuition and your body will tell you when it's time to walk away and do not, don't ignore that. Just leave. If you feel like it's time to leave, leave and don't be afraid of what your life will be post breakup because you're a woman and there's that saying of, um, you know, women have sex when they want to, men have sex when they can. It's the same with relationships. When you want a relationship, you will find one. You can step out the door and you will find one tomorrow. Men don't need, um, women don't need men. Men need women. They need us for everything. So when the time comes, they, they will, they will find you. (laughs) 
On this Thursday's breakdown bonus episode, we're gonna be talking about what it's like to be with a partner that tears you down to make themselves feel better. We'll also talk a lot about how our parents' relationship influenced how we view love. So a lot to unpack, so be sure to tune into the bonus episode and make sure you get your tickets to the Breakup Breakdown podcast brunch. All that info is in the episode description. I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.